1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Roundtable. Hope you guys are doing well. Back again with Abigail and Brevin. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey. Hope everyone is having a, a great week so far. And we've got some really good questions for today that I'm excited to dive into.
2: Are um, ghosts got- real or not? <laughs> I think it's a valid question. I think we could spend an entire podcast on it. We probably could. What's your vote? I well, I watch Supernatural, so... I'm going to say, yeah, ghosts are real. I'd say they are. I mean, watch Supernatural and tell me that you don't want to believe they're real, at least. (laughs) One of the greatest TV shows of all time. What's your thought, Abigail? I'm getting a vibe she hasn't seen it.
3: If I haven't seen it, but if they, if I don't watch TV, um, if they are real i like to think that there's a balance like i feel like ghosts get a really bad rap that they're always in like old houses and like from the confederate era or, like in the south i'm in the south right now uh they're from like the world like uh civil War era and stuff but if that's true then that also means that there's like like disco ghosts somewhere from like the 70s <laughs> and like roaring 20 ghosts like i don't know there's gotta be there's gotta be an equal i like to live in a world where there's there's both
2: that is Inclusive, <laughs> very inclusive of you.
1: <laughs> well, let's dive into the first question here. Um, well, second I question, guess. Yes. Now, now that we've addressed whether ghosts are real or not, <laughs> um, let us know your vote. Yes, let us know. Um, question one came from Adam. He said, Since I've started on this healthier lifestyle journey, I've been trying to drink one kombucha drink every morning. I was told good gut health helps a he- happy lifestyle. Do you have any opinions on this? Is it helpful or am I just wasting 2 to
2: $4 every morning?
1: What do you guys think? I'll let one of you guys go first with that one.
2: If you're not doing everything else 100% perfect, it's not worth spending 2 to $4 in my opinion. Um, I, I think it can be, it's just like supplements to me. It can be beneficial, but only if you're doing everything else right. And for the most part, people are doing and focusing on what I call the 10% rather than focusing on the 90%, which is the actual important stuff.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like I, I, I've tried it once and actually my first experience, not only did it taste bad, but I also did not realize that it was carbonated. So um, I saw the stuff in the bottom and so I shook it up for a lot and then popped it open and it exploded everywhere. And then I tasted it. And I was like, oh, this is this gross and it's now all, all over my car. So this is perfect. <laughs> so I don't have a great experience with it at all in general, but yeah, <laughs> But I guess if you like it, drink it. If not, like it's not, you're not missing out on a lot of it. You can still get your, you know, nutrients and probiotics and shit like that from other things.
3: Yeah, I agree. If, if you absolutely love, I like it. I think it tastes good, but I, it's not worthwhile in my budget to have one every day. Um, there are many, many other things that you can do to help promote, um, good gut health. And so I'm not saying one way or the other, it's, you know, good or bad, or, or depending on what your opinion is, I will say I would be very conscious of what kind you're getting because some of those suckers have like 40 grams of sugar in it, um, which is the opposite of helpful for your gut.
2: Yes. That is a very good point. Glad you brought that up. Be a smart consumer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Reverend, why don't you open up the second question?
2: Can you give me your top three to five breakfast options or dinner options with help, which helped you focus on losing? Abigail, let's hear your thoughts.
3: I'm my clients know this. I'm the most boring, mundane, repetitive eater when it comes to like the the Pinterest meals and all the like perfectly. Don't be a Pinterest meal prepper. <laughs>
2: exactly.
3: Um I so personally this is me personally, so I'm not giving this advice to you, but um people out there. I know some people want more variety. Some people enjoy that cooking process. I was a chef for 13 years. I'm done cooking. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
3: so when I, when I meal prep for the week, I meal prep on Sundays and Wednesdays. I meal prep a ton of ground Turkey with taco seasoning, a ton of, um, some sort of fish that's usually salmon or shrimp and steak, um, chicken breast, and then i'll have some sort of like turkey meat uh for sandwiches and then i will make a bunch of rice and i will have a bunch of sweet potatoes and then i will have um that's, that's usually it frozen french fries that i put in the air fryer so and then dinner throughout at Abigail's this week yes <laughs> throughout, <laughs> throughout the week um I will combine those together. So sometimes the chicken and rice with some veggies and hot sauce on top, sometimes the sweet potato and steak. Um, and this goes for, this is important to note. This goes for both breakfast and dinner. Breakfast does not need to be what you think breakfast food should look like. It can look like whatever you want it. So I eat steak and French fries for breakfast a lot. It's just the same ratio of calories, protein to carb as any other meal during the day. Um, So that's me personally for my clients. uh, I will, I kind of recommend eating close to what you're used to eating for your normal routine and then just adding higher um, amounts and qualities of protein dense foods. I think it's super duper important to get a lot of protein front loaded at the beginning of your day. And if you look at the typical American breakfast choices, we're talking croissants, muffins, bagels, waffles, pancakes, fruit, granola, Uh, yogurt, all of these things are super high carb, um, with a relatively low yield of protein. And so switching it up to have more protein centric breakfast is super important for, I'm assuming like fat loss is the the goal here.
2: Breakfast is a social construct. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, I completely agree with all of that. Um, I eat the exact same breakfast almost every single morning, um, Just because it's something I enjoy, it's easy. I know it's there and it's really cheap to make for me. Uh, but the exact same thing as you. I think it really comes down to being a Pinterest meal prepper can be fun every once in a while. I hate cooking, to be completely honest. I'm super lazy when it comes to food. So I will cook a couple protein sources, cook a couple carb sources, have that stuff ready to go, mix and match throughout the week and just make my life really easy, not have to make those decisions around food. And then that also allows me to go make decisions like, hey, I want to go out to eat tacos today and have that room in my diet. Um, but yeah, I, I think you kind of covered everything there. There's not necessarily like three to five best options that I can come up with. It's what do you, you enjoy eating and can consistently eat? <laughs> Absolutely. But I do, I did like what you said though. Um, Front loading protein, I think is super underrated and most people don't do that. And it yeah. just sets you up for so much success. If you can get a good amount of protein in at that first meal, your day is super easy from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely one thing that I, I've been telling a lot of my clients, they're like, I always run short. Like I get to the end of the day, my protein's so low and I can't get enough in for dinner. And I'm like, we need to start with breakfast, like start early in the day, like even take like your protein goal and divide it up into your meals. Like you don't have to eat the exact same amount of protein at every single meal, but that gives you a rough idea of like, if you're going to have, you know, you need to have at least this. And if you're going to have less at one of those meals, then we need to make sure it's making up somewhere else. Um. So, and, and again, like just to kind of reiterate, you know, there is no like best you know food for weight loss or things like that, you know, eat the food you enjoy. And, um, you know, focus on quality of your foods and high nutritious foods, micronutrients, things like that um, and choose what you enjoy. And like you said, you know, like, like both of you guys have said, you know, you can be like Abigail and have, you know, steak and um, <laughs> you can have a uh, steak and French fries for breakfast, or you could um, have like Brevin and have bagels next. So like make it what you want, enjoy what you want. And um, you know, don't stress on that too much.
3: I have a question for you, fellas. If We want to get specific. Yeah, let's do it. What do you think would be a good minimum protein intake to shoot for for breakfast?
2: I think a good minimum would probably be for most people somewhere around 30. I think that's going to set you up for a lot of success. But like Jay said, um, I think it's easy if you take your total protein divided by how many meals you normally eat throughout the day and just kind of say, okay, well, what's a general protein target for each meal? If you have more at one meal, you can have a little bit less at another and vice versa. So I think that as long as you go off that, there's not like specific targets, but I think 25 to 30 sets you up for a lot of success for most people for a minimum
3: and just to clarify, if I'm having one or two hard-boiled eggs for breakfast and that's it, is that going to hit me close to 30?
2: No, oh. eggs are not a fantastic protein source.
3: Okay, no. cool. Just clarifying for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> that is yeah. that
2: is honestly that is something that you hear all the time because again, breakfast is a social construct. Um the eggs are sold for breakfast foods primarily, and people always associate eggs with breakfast, which I eat eggs every single day for breakfast pretty much. Sometimes I eat it two times a day because I love them so much. But I my love breakfast, eggs. <laughs> my yes. breakfast every day is eggs, two eggs, five servings of egg whites. Right now, I've been throwing ham on the bagels and then cheese and hot sauce, and it's a fantastic meal, but I have probably 40 grams, 50 grams of protein in that meal alone. Yeah. And
1: I think one of the, also the issues that people don't think about is like, also guys, take a look at like, what are the protein sources that you're having that have? Like, what is the fat source in those? I mean, think about a lot of breakfast meats, like bacon, sausage, like, and things like that. Like a lot of times they have a lot of higher fat content. So you're probably getting a lot of extra calories. Whereas maybe we could do turkey bacon or turkey sausage or, you know, or have like ground beef or something like that with your breakfast, rather than going for, you know, something to have a lot fattier option.
3: The same goes for sorry okay, no, go. i would say the same goes for um things like yogurt parfaits and yogurts yes. and granola and things like that if you're having 400 <clears throat> a 400 calorie meal and eight grams of that is protein <clears throat> the ratio is not ideal
2: yeah and, and honestly if it comes down to like hey you know what i really really want pancakes today awesome have those pancakes Throw are a protein shake with it today Like, make sure you're finding a way to get that protein in. We're not telling you not to have that stuff. I love pancakes. I actually had five pieces of French toast this morning. Egg white (laughs) French toast. And it was fantastic. Abby goes over here in a barf. Peanut butter is not a protein source.
3: Yeah, okay. That statement I can get behind.
2: But it is (laughs) delicious. But peanut butter is one of the most delicious foods on the planet. (laughs) Peanut butter and bacon. And pickles. God. Yes. (laughs) If you have pickles for breakfast, don't ever talk to me. I just had a throw in
1: there because it just cracks you up. You're all like likes and dislikes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Abgo, do you want to take off number three?
3: Number three. What are your thoughts around therapy and getting help with mental health? Chase.
1: So I think it is a phenomenal thing to have to get therapy. Um so long story short, I did a little bit of therapy while I was traveling nursing. It was a little bit hard because I had to like, and being a travel nurse, like moving state to state, like you can't always like, you can't say the same therapist for licensing things and blah, 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 blah. But I did it for a short while. um, And then I actually just restarted with therapy last week, actually. um, And really loved my first session. I'm going to be going every other week or maybe even weekly soon. Um, It's just a great way to um, talk about like what's going on, and I think if you're utilizing it appropriately, and you find a therapist that works really well with you, and what your current you know needs or wants are, you know, I went into there, you know, with a specific you know goal in mind, and I made sure to find a therapist that matched that goal, um, then they can help me with that. And it's just like you know we we talked about in the past, like finding a coach that works best for you. It's important to find a therapist that works best for you. You're gonna have therapists that you may go and be like, you know what, I just don't feel like I, we have a great connection, and so you need to have somebody else. Perfectly fine. Um, I think there's a huge mental or I know there's a huge mental stigma out there um, or, or against mental health. And, and it's really sad. Unfortunately, you know, I, you know, for those listening, a lot of you probably real, remember, I was a um, psych and mental health nurse. Work, I worked at a state psychiatric hospital for three and a half years and I loved working there. And, you know, I, I think the, that population is so stigmatized and it's very unfortunate because there's so there's nothing wrong with getting help. And I encourage everyone to get help. And it's important to get that help before it's needed. Um, you know, it's you know, it's kind of like trying to run to Walmart and grab the and buy the fire extinguisher when your house is already on fire. Like it's a little too late at that moment. Um, so get the you know find the help that you need. Establish those you know relationships with you know a therapist or someone you can trust talk to, and that way they're there for you when you need it.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I think there is a, especially with men, there's a huge stigma around mental health and therapy. And I'm a huge proponent for mental health. I lost one of my best friends to mental health a couple of years ago. So I I tell everyone that they should go, even if you don't feel like you need it, there's all things that we can work through. Um, So I I think it's super beneficial for everyone. Um, I know it was super helpful for me when I was going through a tough time going to to therapy. um, And and that really helped a lot of things for me. Um, Going to therapy is cool. I have a cat also, which helps. But uh, no, I I think that we just have to stop viewing it as I think the, the stigma comes around like a weakness. And I think we have to stop viewing it as that. I think going and actually getting help is one of the strongest things that you can actually do.
3: Yes, to all of the above. Also, if we're talking just the most like traditional form of therapy is CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is talking to your therapist. All they are doing in those therapy sessions is learning how your brain works, why you think the things you think, why you do the things you do, why you make choices, things like that. So you don't even have to have any sort of trauma or complicated thing happening in your life or um, struggle, you know, be on the struggle bus or anything like that. If you genuinely just want to figure out more about how your brain works and why you are who you are, um, therapy is awesome. And then when stuff does come up, um, you're ahead of the game for approaching it. Cause you understand why your brain is, is kind of feeling the things that's feeling. Um, that being said, when we are specifically for this podcast, we are in a fat loss, um, group. We are kind of, that's the message we're preaching and helping people with as coaches, nutrition coaches, we help with fat loss. And if we're talking about, um, weight gain specifically levels of obesity, um, there is scientific evidence that, Um, weight can be a side effect to mental health issues. So if you've experienced trauma and, you know, or any adverse childhood (coughs) um, experiences, um, you have higher levels of anxiety, things like that. There's a lot of evidence in both correlation and causation for weight gain and mental health issues. So yes, correcting your diet and focusing on lifestyle changes is huge, but unless we're addressing that root issue of kind of what caused the initial weight gain, um, you might be caught on a continuous up and down journey of losing the same 50 pounds over and over again, without actually identifying where it came from, why it happened, um, and kind of addressing the initial issue, which is something that a nutrition coach can help guide you towards, especially, you know, we work a lot with, with mindset. Um, but it's definitely out of our scope of practice to address any sort of trauma or, mental health complications that have have kind of compounded over the years. So I always recommend therapy.
2: Yeah. I think pairing coaching and therapy together is a super powerful tool. Amazing.
3: Mm -hmm. I actually work with a bunch of my clients, therapists, we are in contact with each other and we just kind of chat and it's like a really cool team. The same goes for, you know, their physical therapists or their doctors, like having your team of you know, providers and care and coaches and things like that on the same page for your benefit is that's a super duper power.
2: (laughs) Yes. I think that that mental health should be taken as seriously as physical health. Physical health is always pushed, but mental mental health is always put on the back burner as not as important. And I think you should view those as the same thing, just as equal.
1: And I'm also going to throw this out here for everyone that's listening. Working out is not therapy yes it makes you feel good and it gives you the endorphins and it's awesome but working out is not the same thing as going to therapy just make sure that's very clear i think
2: jared's famous quote from this is working out is not therapy but it can be therapeutic yes
3: i learned in therapy that i hold on to a lot of things physically which i can effectively use fitness to release but I had to actually learn what I was holding on to and how I hold it, like held it physically. Um, the body keeps the score is a really good book to read if you are interested in learning more about like how your physical state can hold on to anxiety and trauma from the past. And we're talking like from when you were an infant or like toddler. There might be things that you're holding on to that you aren't even sure, but you like go to do a back squat or something feels funny in your hips and you're like, um. I'm, I feel like nervous or anxious. Like, why is this happening? What am I, What is my like body telling me you're holding on to? Um, which is super deep and like you get into trauma informed lifting and all that stuff. But, um, it's a good book to read. And, and that came about my, my workouts became much more important and personally effective when I learned how my body held on to things that I couldn't talk about in therapy, but I just needed to release through like physical energy.
2: Once again, Exercise, coaching, and therapy all go hand in hand together. Heck yeah.
1: Absolutely. All right. Number four, why can't I stop snacking? Abigail.
3: A lot goes into this. Um, There's a lot to be said for your environment, how you have your routine, habits, um, you know, work schedule family, who's in your household. Like there's a lot of components to consider and take into consideration. Um, for some people snacking might be super beneficial. You might not need to stop snacking. Um, it depends on, you know, what your goals are, but I have a lot of clients who struggle with like compulsive snacking throughout the day. And one of the easiest ways to kind of curate your environment is to not have that stuff readily available. Um, and then the other bigger thing that we want to look at is increasing your meals throughout the day. So if you're having three meals, um, and we're talking like protein source with some fat and carbs, um, we want to increase usually the protein component of that meal and just make your meals a little bit bigger, um, or even go to eating four balanced meals a day. If you find yourself snacking at the same exact time every single day, um, But some of it, the other thing is to stop and and kind of think about why and what's happening. Like, is this just part of your routine? And it's like a subconscious habit at this point. Is it something that's a result of emotion or stress? Is it something that you're you're simply just want something tasty and you've been craving something tasty for a long time? Um, Or are you actually hungry? So there's a lot of like thought processes that can go into why you're snacking, why you want to stop and then how to go about um, reducing snacking.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think that a lot of it that I see comes from generally two different areas, um, restriction. So restriction on food choices or just restriction on total calories. Like you're just not getting enough calories in. So you're constantly hungry. And that's what I saw on my own fitness journey when I was struggling with binging a lot is I was never allowing myself to actually get full. So I was always hungry. So it always led to snacking. And then I would binge on that snack. Um, Cause I was just not getting enough food in for myself. Um, and then restriction on food choices. If you're constantly telling yourself, like you can't have specific things, that's just always on your mind. You're craving those constantly. When you have that food, you're like, fuck, I can't have this again. I might as well just go all in on it. Um, and the other thing that, that you touch on a little bit is emotions or stress. Um, you're turning to the food, um, not because of hunger necessarily, but because of trying to fill that emotional void um, or just fill some void there, um, the, something you're not dealing with. Again, therapy is cool. Um, so I think those are the, the couple places I really see a lot of snacking come from, um, but we have to really assess why are you struggling with snacking? Is snacking actually a struggle for you? Or are you just told that you you shouldn't snack? Because um, if you're not having any issues with it, snacking's not inherently bad. Um, now, if you are having issues with it, let's get to the root cause of what it is.
1: Yeah. You guys definitely both of I me mean, kind of covered all that for as far as the snacking goes. I know that's something that I worked with my coach on like a while back was when i was working with jordan lips was he was having me I, I was definitely snacking a lot throughout the day while i was working as a nurse because i just never had time to eat an entire meal and he was like this is probably leading to a lot more issues just because i also have to struggle with some binge eating things as well and he was like it's probably because you're never actually getting yourself full you're having the snacks here or there while you're working you're you know having a granola bar and then having maybe protein bar bars later a cup of yogurt here um whatever it may be like just random stuff throughout the day and you're never actually getting yourself to that fullness sensation that you were looking for um and so finally when you do get your hands on something that you can't eat and you have time and such then you're going way overboard and that's when we started having like more smoothies and things like that for meals and things that i can actually have an entire full meal on um so yeah i mean i think it's uh, like brevin said just to kind of reiterate that is why are you snacking is it helping or is it hurting you um you know if it's hurting Do we need to just get rid of snacking all together, which is perfectly Mm -hmm. fine? Or do we need to figure out a way to make it work? Um, It's all going to be kind of like a big it depends, like many other things with this situation.
2: And even now, I I don't like to necessarily snack very often. You're not gonna normally find me snacking on things because that was such a big trigger when I was struggling with binge eating. And now in a place where I have a much better relationship with food, I still don't try to turn to binging I or to uh, obviously not try to turn to binging uh, to snacking because that's what led to that place a lot for me. Um, I like to personally make sure that I'm full after my meal. So I'd rather have bigger meals than small snacks in between. and that's just my preference now.
3: That's what I was going to ask is anecdotally, where were you on snacking when you started your fat loss journey and like the, like the beginning thick of it, I guess. And then how do you feel about snacking now for both you guys? Yeah. I don't
2: don't really like snacking. Like I said, anymore. It, It just, it was a trigger for me. It was something I dealt with for a long time and I just Personally, I like to feel full after my meals. I don't want to have a meal and be like, gosh, I'm still kind of hungry. Cause that is what led me to struggling with binge eating in the past. So I make sure that I'm full after my meal. I'd rather have a couple big meals throughout the day rather than a bunch of small meals or throwing snacks and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And same for me. I mean, I'm not much of a snacker either. I much prefer to eat a big meal. And I think that's something that. I think there's also a big like misunderstanding sometimes with a lot of people is like we expect that like it's not okay to have some hunger before our meals. Like it's like oh I'm I'm getting hungry I need that snack. But if like you're getting hungry like half hour 45 minutes before your next meal, that's normal. Like that's okay. Like that's that's your hunger cue is is telling you like hey it's about time to have your lunch and that's perfectly fine. So I think it just kind of it goes back to like just getting a better understanding of like being like oh okay this is normal for me to have this hunger, and. That's something that, you know, you should be hungry for your next meal. And so that's definitely where I'm at now is I focus more on having three large meals throughout the day. Um, and you, you almost always will carry me over into the next meal. And yes, I am a little bit hungry up before my next meal, like I'm supposed to be. Um, and, you know, if it ever gets to the point where it's like super early. Um, maybe I'll adjust my meal schedule a little bit that day. Uh, maybe I'll have like lunch, you know, maybe half hour sooner than normal. Um, or I'll have some sort of snack that is high in protein, um, something that's actually gonna serve me well rather than just like going for like a, you know, some toast or something like that.
2: And I think we just have such a disconnect with hunger cues and what those things are actually feeling like and what they should feel like.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Raven do hit number five.
2: Yeah. How can I enjoy a social life and still reach my weight loss goals? Chase.
1: So this is a big one. This is actually something that, um, I was chatting with one of my clients about this past week. Um, she does a lot of traveling and such. And, um, when she's back home from work, um, she's a travel nurse. And when she's back home with, um, her husband, they like to go out and have, you know, drinks or appetizers or have a nice meal together um, because they haven't seen each other for a while, which is amazing. Um, I think, and this is kind of where the conversation we had was like, you can have like that one meal and totally enjoy it. Absolutely nothing, nothing's lost. You know, if this is something you're doing once or twice a month, like no big deals at all. Um, But it's also going to come down to like adjusting where your priorities are at in the moment. Like, and what I always, whenever I look at like a meal or a food or something like that, I always like to be like, look at it. as like, is it a hell yes or is it hell no? Um, You know, if this food is something that you absolutely love and you want to be able to have, and it's a hell yes, then enjoy it, have it and move on. Leave the guilt at the door and just enjoy it and move on. Um, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And that I think that's something that can um, help a lot of people looking at these situations. And, you know, if we're always saying yes, it's going to make it a lot harder to stick to our goals. So be okay with saying no sometimes, you know, if it's, you know, the social event, you know, of you're going out for happy hour. All right. Maybe you choose to have the drink or maybe we choose to have the appetizer. We don't have to have, all the apps that are there and all the drinks that are there and just go hog wild, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to have. Um, Maybe you go to the happy hour and maybe you decide, Hey, I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm just going to have, you know, um, a diet Coke and, you know, lime, whatever it is like, Oh, and then you can have a, you know, participate in the food that they're having. Like you can make these decisions and um, still enjoy them and enjoy it for the social aspect rather than focusing just on the food itself. I think it's another big one that I definitely talked to a lot of my clients about is, being okay with like making these events about other things other than the food. You know, we are, we live in such a society nowadays where it's like everything is such food focused. Like you go to any event and they got, you know, you know, bring a potluck meal and everyone's bringing all the food and all. And usually it's like a ton of carbs and fats and desserts and things like that, that just pile it up there. Um, And everyone's just always so food focused, but make it about the experience and the people you're with and having a good time there. And you can still have a great time without making it all about the food. Um, But realize also, though, if you are having these occasional social events here and there, like you're not losing progress. If you have like one meal that's quote unquote off track normally, you know, I don't like to say it's off track because it's a part of the track, Um, but no progress is going to be lost there. Just again, like be, be picky with your choices of what you say yes and no to and enjoy the things you say yes to.
2: Yeah, I think that um, I look at that from like, if you are invited to these events, are you viewing this as like, I have to be 100% on all the time. And if I'm not 100% on, I might as well just say, fuck it. And since I said, fuck it, I might as well just have all of the drinks, all of the food and just go all in that night. Or are you allowing yourself to say, hey, I'll have some, I'll be 85% of where I, I normally am today. And that's okay. Because if no matter how much weight you lose, if you can't enjoy your life doing it, it's not worth doing. So like you should be able to enjoy your life during this time. Um, We don't want you to feel restricted during this. um, But I think a lot of that comes down to how are you viewing food? What's your relationship with food first and foremost? And I think we have to look there Um, And that's the first thing we really want to work on before we even go into a fat loss phase, because this is exactly what will exacerbate that bad relationship with food is being able to go out and have fun, um, having a drink, going out to eat with your significant other, whatever. If you have a bad relationship with food, when you try to go into a fat loss phase, these things are going to make that so much harder on you. So let's take time to work on your relationship with food first and foremost, and then going to these events is so much easier.
3: So this question was interesting to me. Um, and this is purely my own experience. So the answer is a little like different because this was, I, I think this was one of the hardest areas for me when I started losing fat. Um, I started when I was working as a chef and I don't know if you guys know anything about the food industry, but it is rampant with, um, a disastrous work-life balance, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs. Um, and although we're around food all day, every day, like eating a scrap here and there is kind of the, the name of the game. So, um, my social life when I started losing fat and working with my coach was, was, you know, working all hours of the night and then going out for beers and hanging out with people and getting bar food and, and, karaoke and getting blasted and then working again the next day. Um and when my priorities started shifting for fat loss, I had to really examine my environment. Um and what components of my environment were contributing to fat gain or like maintaining the weight that I was at, um, and how I needed to tweak those. So when we're talking like full spectrum and this is going beyond just like dinners with your partner, but when we're talking like full spectrum at every aspect of your social life, like really, really look at where you're devoting and spending your social energy. What is your return on investment in, um, you know, putting time and emotion and energy into those um, relationships and outings and family events and food, you know, like Brevin said, everything's so focused on food and centralized around food Um, and make some really hard choices. Honestly, this shit is not easy. Um, And (laughs) this was genuinely like one of the hardest things for me to switch is look at my environment and say, all right, I actually don't have the discipline, self-control, whatever you want to say to avoid eating 90 wings. When I go out on a Thursday night with this crew, they go out every Thursday night. Maybe this is not the best choice for me right now. I love the people, but I don't have it in me to not eat that much when I go out. So let me nix that off my calendar and maybe go for a walk with them instead or grab coffee, coffee with them instead. Um, And then some other friends, when I went out with them, we would go to places where they had like, I don't drink beer. So we'd go to like a brewery and I'm like, I'm less interested in this. So I'm cool with keeping this social thing on the calendar because I'm not tempted to drink buckets of beer. Um, And so I was able to like curate my environment and both the people I was spending time with, but also what I was exposing myself to and being aware of like where I lose control um, and where my trigger foods were, so, so to speak. And it was not easy for like a 20 something year old girl to completely re-examine who she's hanging out with and how she's hanging out with them. Um, but my fat loss was important. My health was important and I had to just make some shifts. So I think analyzing your environment, um, being aware of what you want as an outcome and how your choices and actions are affecting that outcome. Um, if you're okay with having, you know, maybe, a day of less progress, then cool. Like in the scheme of things, like Revan said, we don't want this to interfere with, with your life, but what is it? What do you want that life to look like? Is kind of the bigger question at hand.
1: Yeah. And I think that actually resonates
2: a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, um, that reminded me of a scenario that, um, another coach I saw like posted about a win with one of his clients, um, was he, he normally would go like every, like couple of times a month we would go out to like a sports game with all his buddies and friends. And like, he would always eat a ton of food, like tailgating and drinking lots of beer and all, all the other stuff. Just have a great time and all these other things. And he sent a text to his coach that he was like, Hey, like actually made a decision this time to not go to that because I just, I, I know I'm so focused on my weight loss right now and my health goals and just improving my overall health that, it's just I I know I'm not gonna be able to control myself super well at this event. So I just chose not to go. And I'm doing something else later in the week with them. And he saw it was a huge win. And it definitely is a huge win. Um and it was interesting to read out, you know, I I didn't really like comment on myself but i was like reading through some of the comments and one or two people were like well like what's so fun in that like you know that he's not you know are you saying that he can't go to these games and enjoy things he wants to be able to and it's like no it's not what we're saying like like you said like where are you choosing to spend your energy like you know best where you're able to control yourself and where you're not so if you know that you're gonna put yourself in a situation where you're not able to control yourself um and it's really hard then maybe you do make that decision not to. And like you said, you can still do other things that are going to benefit you and fill up your social cup and and such, but like choose wisely when you're saying yes. And when you're saying no to food events, social things,
3: all the above. And don't just sit at home with FOMO. You can replace, like I replaced mine. I got, I started going to a gym and hanging out with those types of people. And they were more aligned with the kind of goals and outcomes that I wanted. And and even now there's certain people that I know I can like see and talk to, but not necessarily hang out like we used to. And I have that boundary set up strict because I, I'm not interested in devoting that energy to that anymore. And guys, I have, I'm in a fat loss phase right now. I'm in a deficit and my life is freaking fun. I have a <laughs> delicious social life. Um, I'm always doing different things. So it's not saying that you have to restrict everything. It's just, you have to re- again, this is where therapy helps understand where your triggers are what boundaries you need to set, how to set those boundaries. Um, and then also just how to make those tough as shit decisions. It's not, this is so hard, like giving up on, you know, life routines and social events and people and relationships and things that you've had for years and years and years, you're going to hurt some people. You're going to frustrate some people. Some people are going to cross your boundaries. Like it's not an easy process. Um, so just prepping you and heads up, but like how important is your end goal to you in comparison?
2: Yeah, I mean, that resonates a lot. Um, when I was in college going, trying to change my life and and change into become the person that I wanted to lose the fat and just change my life. Um, I was drinking Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, and we were going out all the time and ordering food and At one point, I just had kind of had to look at myself and and say that I wanted to change my priorities. I wanted to change um, where I was devoting my time and energy, and I had bigger goals than doing those things. Um, So that was a really tough decision to come to, but it really came down to changing my environment and putting myself in a situation that I wasn't going to struggle because we're human we don't have that much willpower no matter how much you want to try to pretend that you do we don't have that much willpower so it's about putting yourself in situations that you're going to succeed and i i kind of did exactly what you did i didn't just go sit home and do nothing i replaced that and i found a new community of people i started going to the gym and hanging out with now uh, the majority of my friends are people that go to the gym and they have the same priorities as me and they have the same um, wants and desires as I do, we're in the same environment and we support each other through that. Um, now I'm still friends with the people that I was with in college. I don't see them nearly as often because anytime we get together, that's what it's about. It was about drinking and partying and having fun. And that's great. That's just not where my life is anymore. I have different priorities, different wants, different needs. So I just had to change my environment. So I, I really do like that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Anything else, guys, do you want to add to any of that? Anything else you want to bring up before we wrap this thing up to a close? Those are some good questions. Keep them coming. I know, guys. Definitely Keith has questions coming. As you As you guys know, like, we're always posting in the Facebook group on um, the Facebook page about asking these questions every week. And you can always go down in the show notes and the link is always down there. It'll say, you know, submit your question here. and it'll have the link. Um, we'd love to have answer any more questions that we can. Like this is we, we, I think we preach this a lot, but I think a lot of people just aren't utilizing this the way that they understand they could. Like, this is basically the best way to get free coaching. <laughs> We're diving into your exact problem of what you got going on. And it's not like, and also, I think another, and someone actually mentioned this to me a couple weeks ago, I meant to bring it up. But just because it's something that's specific for just you, doesn't mean we won't talk about it on the show. Like, we may try to, like, we'll, we'll address your question and answer that. We may try to spin it off in like some other scenarios for other people that could apply to, but we will address your specific question. If you have something you're struggling with um, nutrition concerns or, you know, something with fitness, like something specific about just you. Great. Ask it. We'd love to chat about that. And I'm sure we can submit it off to something else as well. But other than that, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Coaches
0: Roundtable and hope you guys have a great week.
2: See ya. See ya.
0: Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram, at changing underscore chase. Have a great day guys. And remember you matter.